Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Today actually marks the start of the live period for college coaches to be out on the road. Things will really heat up over the weekend, but this is the first of a handful of periods in the month of July for college coaches to be on the road. Uh, Some big events, one in South Carolina, that is the Adidas three-stripe circuit, and then the Nike EYBL, which is the class of the best. There's no question about that. They are playing uh, in Kansas City this week. So you're going to see Mike Woodson and assistant coaches out tracking a lot of the names, and we'll tell you about some of the names that we think they'll most be tracking this month uh, when it comes to 2023 recruits and some others as well a little bit later in the show today. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Welcome into the program. We do this show weekdays at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just uh, moments. We'll have our headlines of the day. We'll take a look at the start of the live period. Uh, We'll also take a look at some other uh, headlines of interest. Thomas Bryant signing a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers, former IU guy there, getting a big opportunity, and uh, some other recruiting notes to pass along and a lot more here in this opening segment today. Also, later in the show, it's Wednesday, so we get the chance to check in with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times for the latest on IU basketball. And with Dustin, uh, really respect his takes, his opinions, uh, and we're going to get into some of the conference realignment and what could the future of the Big Ten look like. And one topic I want to broach with Dustin a little bit later in the show, what's going to happen with Notre Dame? Isn't it time that Notre Dame join a conference as we head to super conferences and TV deals are going to be such a huge part of that? Isn't it time the Fighting Irish uh, picked a side? And I think it's inevitable. I think it's coming, and I'm curious what Dustin has to say about that and some other things with the, the realignment as well. So Dustin Dopirak coming up later in the program. And then always on Wednesdays, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He's with us as we talk the latest in local sports. And it's kind of different right now because high school sports uh, ended uh, middle of June. Uh, all the summer league basketball stuff with the high schools has now come to a close And really, next up on the radar is high school football. And so we're going to talk a little bit of high school football and get Josh's 
pulse for what he thinks the area could be like this upcoming season, and we'll cover some other local notes as well. Drew Ellis is now in the Mariners organization. He's already been called up to Seattle. We'll discuss that uh, and some other things coming up here a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also wanted to give a shout-out to the Jeff GRC 12-year-old All-Star team. That is the main division of Little League Baseball. They won the District 5 tournament last week over at New Albany, and the Jeffersonville team now has their sights on a state tournament appearance coming up later this month. We're going to hope to broadcast uh, some of those games from Newcastle. We've had so much fun over the years covering Jeff and New Albany, and even Silver Creek here recently has had some great Little League teams. And the Little League stuff has given me, and I think hopefully you, the listener, a chance to kind of hear some of the names that just years from now down the road will be high school baseball standouts. And I think we've got some great players in some of these younger classes that have not reached the high school levels yet in our area. But uh, Jeff will open play at Newcastle in the state tournament on July 22nd. Depending on how they do in the double elimination bracket, the championship game will be Wednesday, July 27th. Of course, that main division, that's the one later in the year, later in the summer, where you'll see games at Williamsport on ESPN and that family of television stations. And, of course, that's the big division. Jeff GRC also won in kind of an upset special, the 11-year-old division of baseball. And uh, so Jeff, with two representatives coming out of District 5 there, New Albany won the 10-year-old, the, what I refer to still as the minor league division of Little League Baseball, uh, last week at New Albany. They will play at Jasper in their respective state tournament coming up here later in the month as well. So Little little League Baseball to get us through this downtime. And boy, it's been so good, uh, six, seven, eight years now of covering it. We've had some outstanding teams and a lot of interest in some of our local Little League teams. And I've always said, I think the community angle with Little League and of course how important high school sports are here, uh, just a reason that makes, uh, makes sports special. Sports a little different in our area. But I did want to give a shout out to the Jeff GRC 12-year-old team specifically because they are headed off to the big show uh, and see if somehow they can win that state tournament and uh, move on to Newcastle, move on to Williamsport, I should say, uh, later in the summer. Of course, there's a regional in between the state and the World Series, but Jeff GRC, the District 5 representative this year in what's always been a very competitive district at the state tournament level. Don't forget today, you can and every show, you can send in your questions and comments and thoughts uh, to the Thornton's text line. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. And if you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, no problem. All you got to do is text the word REWARDS to 80313. Again, text REWARDS to 80313 today and send us a text at 502-414-1450. Let's get into some headlines of the day. I mentioned at the top of the show, 
the first of a handful of live recruiting periods for Division I college coaches begins later today. And two places, I think if you're an IU fan, to really focus on where the IU staff will be at, and that will be in South Carolina for the Adidas circuit and then out in Kansas City for the Nike EYBL. Players in the 2023 class, Xavier Booker from Indianapolis Cathedral. We talk about him all the time on this program. His meteoric rise to the top of his class, his national ranking has been amazing to watch. It seems like just a few months ago his team was playing at New Albany in the regular season. And, you know, he's an athlete. You can tell he's he can shoot it. You can tell he's talented, but he, he didn't overwhelm fans locally. But he has really been on a tear since his cathedral team won the 4A state championship and moved on into the spring and summer travel basketball, that's for sure. TJ Power, another guy in the 2023 class, a six foot eight forward, uh, I think to pay attention to. Also, Arrington Page, very intriguing player. He's from down in Georgia, where Coach Yasir Roseman seems to be very connected. Six foot nine center is Arrington Page. And I recently saw a report that he is planning to schedule an official visit to Indiana soon as well. Also, Cohen Carr, he's a six foot seven forward out of South Carolina. And then Jamie Kaiser, another name that we've talked about on this show, six foot six wing forward. He is from over in Virginia. Those are some of the 2023 names that I think that uh, the staff will be most focused on this month. When you get to 2024, uh, there are so many names and so many scholarship offers out right now. It seems like almost every day a new name on the list getting an offer or getting serious IU interest. So that class is still hard to define, at least for me. There's, I think, 15, 20, or even more players that uh, the staff could be watching here uh, over the weekend at the Adidas and Nike events. So going to be interesting to see where they focus. I'm sure that uh, the coaches will have someone there at every game Xavier Booker plays as the sweepstakes for him really picks up here in the month of July. One other thing in July as well, uh, I'm always curious to see if Indiana spends some time watching the younger guys. There's some really good in-state players in the 2025 class, guys that are going to be sophomores next season. Uh, Jalen Harrelson of Fishers is unbelievable. He's set for a monster career in Indiana high school basketball. I hope he stays in our state and finishes his career there, doesn't go off to a prep school or some elite high school program. And then, of course, Trent Sisley out of southern Indiana down at Heritage Hills. He's uh, exploded as well and already has a lot of interest, including Indiana, both of those guys with a lot of scholarship offers. So it's safe to say Indiana's going to watch those guys this month. But other young guys maybe that they'll uh, take in will be interesting to see. One other recruiting note, this isn't necessarily good news for Indiana, but According to the father of Kwame Evans, he also goes by K.J. Evans, Uh, he is down to four schools, not including Indiana, Arizona, Auburn, Kentucky, and Oregon, according to his dad in an interview with Zag's blog, are the four schools that he is now considering. Indiana was on the list. He was set and had said he hoped to visit Indiana this summer, Uh, but it doesn't appear the Hoosiers are still in the mix for Kwame Evans, and of course he's from Montverde, or plays at Montverde down in Florida where Indiana has had a lot of success recently pulling some big recruits out of that elite high school program, but it does seem like he's off the list, at least at this point for Indiana. Also, Thomas Bryant, former IU standout, he has signed a one-year deal 
with the Los Angeles Lakers. Thursday was the first day, of, or actually today I think is the first day of free agency for uh, NBA players, but some deals leading up to that. Thomas Bryant to L.A., uh, one of the moves. Also, Victor Oladipo, it was announced uh, earlier last week. Actually, last Thursday was the start of NBA free agency. Uh, last week, Oladipo announced or has signed a one-year deal with the Miami Heat that will keep him down in Florida for the upcoming NBA season. So a little update on some IU guys in the NBA. Also, I've had some questions. NBA Summer League stuff really got underway last night with the uh, early summer league out in Salt Lake City. The main league takes place in Las Vegas a little bit later in the month, not too too far from now. Uh, but S- Romeo Langford, uh, he is not on the Spurs summer league roster, which isn't uh, uncommon for a guy heading into his third NBA season. Normally that summer league is reserved for the youngest of the young in the in the league. There was, I saw a report at one point that they did plan to have him play summer league uh, and then not on the roster when the Spurs put out their official summer league roster uh, earlier in the week or actually last week. So no Romeo Langford expected to play in the NBA summer league. I know a lot of people were curious if the new Albany product uh, would get some summer run as he tries to get healthy, stay healthy, uh, some moves this offseason for the Spurs. Uh, what will his role look like for next season? Uh, but no summer hoops. It does not appear for Romeo Langford, at least at this point. Also, a high school baseball note to pass along. The Indiana High School Baseball Coaches Association announced their all-state teams yesterday. A handful of area guys getting some big honors. New Albany senior shortstop and pitcher, Tucker Biven, he was listed as a All-State player in Class 4A. Silver Creek junior second baseman Jace Burton and senior shortstop and pitcher combination Dominic Decker, they were listed as All-State in Class 3A. And then Borden had a representative, senior senior outfielder and pitcher Gavin Gentry. He was All-State in 1A. There were six others that were honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew Clements from New Albany, Garrett Jones also with the Bulldogs program. Cannon Stull, who had a great year for Jeffersonville, Colin Capist of Silver Creek, uh, A.J. Agnew, and Dylan Toller, both of Borden. Those guys were also uh, included in the honorable mention category of the high school baseball all-state teams. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, segment two is when Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join the program. Lots to get to. Recruiting period, live period starts today. And a lot of conference shakeup. What will the Big Ten look like some years down the road? And my question for Dustin, Notre Dame, are they headed to a conference in the near future? We'll discuss all of that and more. Send your questions and comments in 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. We're back with more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. 
And we're back on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. The Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin, today marks the start of a very hectic July for basketball players and for college coaches who will be crisscrossing the country attending a lot of these big events events to evaluate talent for the future. I expect a heavy IU presence in South Carolina for the Adidas event and also out in Kansas City for the Nike EYBL circuit stop as well. A lot of big names in the 2023 and a ton of names in 2024 that Indiana is going to be following this month. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're going to see them. I imagine you're going to start to see some focus. Obviously, they are uh, and you're going to have to see them get get a sense of who they really want. Uh, I, I think at this point, when they're going to be spread throughout the country, you know, there's not going to be any uh, you know events in Indianapolis that are going to keep them close to home. Uh, so they're going to have to cover a lot uh, a lot of territory. Obviously, there's there's a lot of names out there. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, scholarship offers they've already thrown out. I mean, it just does seem like they're just trying to blanket. Uh, the country as much as possible and go after guys that they want. I mean, um, so they're obviously just trying to make sure they've got a presence out there, you know, just going after a lot of these kids, uh, making sure of those that they're seen by some of the ones that they still consider priorities, the Xavier Bookers of the world. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you've um, obviously you've seen them run on the road a lot already. You're starting to, get, I think, get a sense of directions that they might be going, uh, you know, players that they're really interested in. You're still, still seeing a lot of offers out there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting just what they're, how, how they prioritize July, basically who they, uh, you know, put all of their weight on, uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, so you're going to start to get more of a sense of how, uh, what they're really locking in on for, for the 2023 and 2024 classes coming up here. I tell you what, as far as who they're locking in on, I was looking today at just a list of players IU has offered or shown really serious interest in, in the 2024 class. And that is a name with, I think, 20-plus names that Indiana is involved with. I think that definitely could pare down some after the month of July based on maybe commitments later in the summer and also just based on what the lay of the land is after Indiana gets a chance to evaluate some of these guys further. Right, absolutely. I and mean, I think it, it is interesting watching how this – I mean, this process is obviously different with different coaches and also – uh, you know, with different landscapes as far as, as what's out there and where it is. I mean, I think uh, obviously you saw Archie Miller come in and really try to uh, be state-oriented, but then he also had really good classes uh, in the state. But I think obviously Mike Woodson's getting a sense now for, for what's there, especially in the upcoming classes in 2024 and 2025 where there's a lot. Um, and get you know getting an idea of okay what what can we get what fits us who are we going to be who are we going to be losing what are we going to have to fill in what do we need in terms of uh, you know schematics what fits what we want to do uh, and and I still think there's 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 a little bit of a of a drinking out of a fire hose still going on I think as much as I think he's um, as we said a lot of times he's shown he can do the closing part of the recruiting but the, the the sort of open the the wider part of the filter the wider part of the uh you know uh, what's the word i'm looking for um it, uh, funnel i guess is is i think the interesting part to watch them go through when when he has a ch- uh, sense of okay here are all the players in the country how do you filter that down um i think all of those are still sort of learning processes for um for him and therefore for the staff with him and determining how they really lock in on guys where, where they truly have you know, whole years, whole cycles to really look at everybody who's out there and, and, and whittle it down to what they really want. Um, you know, I think it's, it's it's an interesting process to watch them go through it. I don't think it's necessarily streamlined yet. It, it's not as precise 
as it's going to be and as honed as it's going to be in the future. They're still really figuring out, okay, how do we find, find out who all is out there and who all fits us. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, I want to spend some time with you here in this segment talking about the Big Ten Conference and what it could look like in the future. One thing we do know in 2024, that year, that's those seasons uh, beginning then, is that UCLA and USC from the state of California will enter the conference. And it just seems likely, and there have been a lot of rumors, that the conference will probably add some additional schools from the Pac-12 or from the West Coast. And there have really been all sorts of, this has kind of reinvigorated the discussion about super conferences and conference realignment. There have been a ton of rumors and a ton of schools mentioned that could flip from this conference to that conference. And But ultimately, it seems like we're coming down to two, the Super Big Ten and the Super Southeastern Conference, the SEC. Um, Your your take on everything kind of going on in that landscape right now, were you caught off guard by the addition of UCLA and USC? And what do you think could be next for the Big Ten as far as conference additions go? I mean, I was caught off guard, but I think, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, Zach Osterman is way more locked in to all that stuff. That's been sort of a bigger part of his beat. Um, so I, I don't think he was as surprised as I was. I mean, I think he was talking to enough people in that, uh, in that landscape, in that universe, that, that he had more of a sense that it might be common. Um, and I think, you know, he's obviously been aware of, you know, coming up just with, with what's coming up with the Big Ten's uh, media, you know, media rights, basically how much they're about to get paid. So he had a kind of a sense of that. So he was a lot more, I think, locked in and, and a lot less surprised than I was because I just wasn't uh, as focused on that as, as, as he is. But, I mean, it, it, it surprised me, I, I think, just because when you really look at it, man, like just the idea of, like, Two Los Angeles schools in the Big Ten—it's—it's it's such a you know just a wild pairing from a cultural perspective, from a travel perspective. I mean, I got a kick out of our old friend Ryan Karchi, who used to working with in Bloomington, now covers USC for the Los Angeles Times. Uh, you know, tweeted out that USC is going to be part of the uh, Big Ten in all sports except beach volleyball, and he just left that out there. And I thought it was a perfect sentence to really like uh, encapsulate how different we're talking about here and how wild of a. Uh, of a move this is because I mean you're just talking about some because of the geography there's just there's so much that's going to be different from them I mean they, they are almost going to the geographical uh, you know just to- polar opposite of, of what they are and just how much travel you're talking about um, you know especially when it comes to the sports that aren't football and and I think that's I think the the thing about this that starts to get I think tiresome um, is that because football is the biggest deal, all the decisions are made because of football, and it's almost like no other sport matters, but you're just really complicating everybody else's life. Uh, you know, I mean, like, obviously, if, you know, when you're only playing one football game a week, the travel makes a difference, but there's only so much. Uh, you know, obviously, they only have five or six road games. Uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe four or five during a given Big Ten year. Um, and they get to go there on Friday, and they have all day, you know, to rest up and get ready for Saturday, and then they get all day Sunday, and they get back to class by Monday, and it's only so much of a difference. So when you're talking about basketball schools and figure out, okay, how are you going to do a schedule this way um, when you're going to have to send these guys, you know, on a, on a cross country, you know, flight every time they've got to go on the road, uh, you know, what's this look like? You're going to have to reshape the entire schedule, and you're probably going to weaken the product. 
Um, you know, when it comes to basketball, certainly when it comes to, you know, baseball, like these other sports that, that do matter, uh, are going to be, I think, weakened, uh, you know, by this move. But it, it also, you know, again, you know where the money is heading. It's become clear that the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, based on their media rights, are ahead of everybody else, uh, or ahead of the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, uh, by a substantial margin. And, you know, they're, they're playing, you know, like, it's like they're playing risk at this point, and, and they're just trying to build uh, you know, build empires, uh, basically, you know, one, it was, it was striking to me, I think, um, that no one else had this kind of, what do you do now, uh, thing put on their plate other than the big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC last year, it was almost like, well, Kevin Warren, what are you going to do? You know, it was like sort of directly look at him and he had to answer. And so now the SEC has to answer and it. So it's become this arms race, uh, of just getting, you know, these, Big, huge programs and, and turning those into markets and making your media rights deal make up, be a whole lot more. And, you know, like we're, we're well past of, of does this make sense? Uh, you know, in, in terms of like what we're doing with college sports, does this make sense? Uh, for these to become two super conferences, but we, we've pinned that, pitted them, um, in this arms race and, you know, they kind of can't stop until they just take every, you know, just everything that's on the board. Dustin, this latest round of uh, movement as far as conferences go, do you think Notre Dame is closer to picking a side and ultimately headed to uh, be a member of one of these two big super conferences? I mean, I would think so. I mean, obviously, I don't have any you know sources up there telling me they're ready to move, but I mean, just look at the landscape. How do they stay out of it? You know, I mean, like you're reaching the point that I mean, like uh, Notre Dame's independent status is worth a lot. I mean, like just from a pure financial, you know, the the, the politics of the money basically, um, it, it, like you know, keeps them independent. I mean, they have their own television contract, and nobody else can say that. And but it's just reaching a certain point where okay, the money is going to be so much to be in a conference that it's worth making the move and you know like just being left behind uh i i think has a cost i think we're, we're getting to the point where the cost of being left behind of getting one of these super conferences is, is greater than the value of remaining independent for them uh, i mean i guess i could be wrong i'd be surprised you know I'd, I'd be surprised if you especially if you if you truly go into two super conferences um you know across the college football landscape and notre dame's not in one um, you know, I, I don't know how scheduling looks for them. I, I don't know how it, it looks for them to maintain uh, that contract with NBC. How much how much sense does it still make for the NBC to, NBC to have its uh, a um, you know exclusive contract with Notre Dame and not try to get into this bigger pool? Um, you know, it, it, like I, I I have a hard like I mean I guess I wouldn't be blown away if somebody could show me a way that independence still makes sense for them. But I, I have a hard time imagining it. Just you know, it, it almost feels like if you, you've got to get on these boats, or you're going to be out to sea. Uh, and so I, I don't think Notre Dame wants to be out to sea. We're talking with Dustin Dopirak. He covers IU for the Bloomington Herald Times and joins us Wednesdays here on the Hoosier Report. Uh, another question surrounding realignment and super conferences. This is a football question specifically. If there truly do become two football or two super conferences generally in, in college sports. Uh, where does IU football stand? Could they possibly, do you see a world uh, where they could risk their spot in the Big Ten on the football side because of uh, other schools joining and because of these two super conferences getting only the best of the best together? There would obviously, if that happened, I think the other schools in the conference, both the SEC and the Big Ten, that would be in similar situations. But is there any risk of that, or are we just too soon in this to know? 
I mean, I think we're too soon in this to know, but I just have a, I, I, again, I view it right now and, and maybe this will change. Um, as if you're on one of these boats, you can't get off of them, you know, like because the money is going to be too good and the risk, the, the potential loss of what could happen if you put yourself out there and take yourself, you know, just give up one of your seats, um, is, is just too much to contemplate. Um, it, you know, it's like, again, I, I mean, I, I think Indiana would be willing to get to get to get the crap kicked out of it in football every year if if that means you're still getting this kind of media rights money that's coming. Um, I just I just don't think you want to be in a scenario, and especially if you know once you're off of this boat, then like the like every other one is sinking. So it's like oh, if if the Indiana goes to the ACC. Like, you know, a, a lot of people were jumping ship there to get to get on one of these. And then, OK, what's the league look like? I mean, like, I, I just don't think you want to be not if, if you have a seat on one of these super conferences. I just don't think you can give it up no matter what, um, how it affects you. And, and, and it can affect you negatively as Indiana football. Like, I mean, there is a chance that um, the, the the schedule is too much for them to ever imagine real football success. Um, but I, I think I just think the, the media money is too good just to be a part of it. And, you know, the, the chance that of what could happen when you get left out, um, you know, I mean, you, you could be out to see, you could be looking, you know, be getting picked up by conference USA or something, who knows? I mean, like what's going to be left, um, to take care of the schools that don't get in these conferences, uh, you know, what that even looks like. I mean, like how, how big is the super conference going to get? How big are they going to be willing to go? I mean, like, you know, 20, um, you know, okay. Like even if it's 20, okay. Like there's 40 out of 130 schools that are on there and everybody else is just, you know, scraping and holding on for dear life. Um, if it's even 25 or, or even 30, you still have a lot of schools that are out there, uh, let out just, you know, just trying to get by on, on a smaller league. And if you're Indiana, you don't want to risk the, the possibility that you're going to get someplace that you don't want to be. Um, and so it's like, well, as long as you're safe in the Big Ten and you're cashing those checks, uh, you'll take that over, over, you know, just rolling the dice on whatever else is going to happen to you. Um, so, I mean, it, it could make Indiana football a lot less fun, a lot less interesting. Um, but I mean, if it just as a program, as a department, I just don't think you could, you can give up, uh, you know, if, if you already have a seat on one of the super conference ships, I don't think you can give it up. Dustin Dopirak, my guest, Dustin, last week when I was out, the IU schedule, the basketball schedule was made official as far as the non-conference goes. And I know we've discussed schedules a lot on this show here recently, but Hard to believe the five-game stretch from November 30th through December 17th for the Hoosiers. North Carolina, two Big Ten games, Arizona in Vegas, Kansas on the road. My goodness, in year two, Mike Woodson has set up an unbelievable non-conference schedule, specifically that five-game stretch. Yeah, no, I mean, he really has, and obviously just getting himself in a position. Uh, I mean, some of that's not necessarily his own doing. Uh, getting the Carolina game, you know, obviously comes a lot down to uh, everybody else losing their guys. Uh, basically, in Indiana, going from a team that barely made the tournament to a conference favorite in a year, um, you know, adding a good freshman class, but not going out and getting any transfers and not having to do uh, all that much to move up to get in the position where you get the Carolina game. And Carolina is coming off of a season where it, you know, just made a big time move down the stretch to get to the you know tournament final and is keeping all of their guys. 
uh, you know, like I don't want to say he caught a break with that because he still has to actually play North Carolina uh, at the end of November, and that's going to be that that has a chance to be a brutal matchup. Um, but certainly adding that to already having gotten Kansas as defending national champions, and you know Arizona, which is going to you know certainly losing some guys with Maturin and, and Coloco going the NBA and Terry, but they're still going to have some players too. Uh, it you know obviously just amps that up a whole lot. Um, it's going to be a different ballgame, certainly when it comes to, you know, March and they're looking at strength of schedule. It's going to make a huge difference if they play these games uh, and pushed it. And again, it is, it, it, he put his money where his mouth was. I mean, he was very clear about what his philosophy was, why he wasn't pushing it the first year, um, and said, I'm going to go big after this. And he did. Instead of, he didn't slow play it. He didn't like go, okay, well, you know, year two, I'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit riskier, but, you know, not too much. It was like, no, all right, like bring on, you know, bring on the baddest of the bad. Let's do this right now. Let's go get Kansas, uh, you know, right out of the gate. Let's create this tournament and show number one, that I'm going to do something with that opening. You give me at the crossroads, you know, basically that we're going to show why we, we've, we've wanted this date back, um, for so long and that there are things that we can do with this date. And it makes a difference because it's, you know, after the, you know, after the school year, basically after the semester ends, it's a, it's, it's a good opening. You know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of TV windows with, with college football being done, uh, you're, you're getting into the, you know, small bulls, you know, part of the, part of the schedule there, but, but, you know, TV stations want basketball then want big time college basketball, non-conference games. And we're going to get involved in that. Um, so I, I, he obviously, again, just really put his money where his mouth was with his schedule. And it's really got a chance to push this group early. You're going to have a really good sense of who these guys are, uh, by the time they get to January. So yeah, that, that five game stretch is going to be, um, really tough and, and tell you a lot about who these guys are and where they're going to be going at that point. Dustin, as we get ready to close out the segment, I saw a photo uh, of uh, OG Ananobi, Jawan Morgan, and Thomas Bryant, their first IU photo together as freshmen when they tried on the uniforms. And I know we've had some news recently. Jawan traded to the Pacers, which is interesting. Thomas Bryant, I mentioned earlier today in our first segment, headed to the Lakers, a one-year contract for him. And OG Ananobi has really been the stud of all of them at the professional level. But for those three guys that came in as freshmen together, looking at that initial photo, boy, their bodies and strength sure changed over the years. And that's common, I think, for most college athletes that uh, head to the pro level, but those guys have all done pretty well. Uh, OG, the standout probably, but Thomas uh, has has found a way to stay in the league, and Jawan Morgan continues to find opportunities to to stay involved in the NBA as well. That's That's been a really good class that came in together, even in the pros. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, we continue obviously for, you know, to his sort of historically dissect uh, you know, the Tom Crean era. Um, and, it, you know, as you know, we, we could obviously sense, I think that things weren't going uh, in the best direction toward the end, but like you did have to give him uh, credit for a whole lot of things, including like that, that class in particular was a, uh, was evidence of him adapting. Um, obviously, I think he things had gotten tough for him in the state. Uh, he'd been burned by the state. He had reason to, to you know, to have some issues, um, you know, with with recruiting in in the state of Indiana at that point. But 
Um, he went to, I mean, really just totally different regions to go to pick those guys up. Um, and, and, you know, was, was willing, I guess, to, you know, Brian was, was a, you know, highly regarded guy or whatever, but I mean, he certainly stuck his nose in some places that were tough to get some players went elsewhere that aren't necessarily, you know, known as, as hotbeds, uh, and, and put together a, a class that I think, you know, at, at the time was really interesting. Um, but each of those guys really developed, uh, in their own way. And, and I think he obviously, you know, part of that is Tom Crane seeing something in those guys in, in each of them as to what they could be uh, at both the college level and at the next level. And it, it says, I think, think something. It's, it's, a, it's a heck of a recruiting job for him in retrospect. Again, not, not getting one guy from the state in that class, but turning three guys uh, into NBA players that weren't all necessarily guaranteed to be that. Um, so it speaks, obviously, I think, well for him in a lot of ways, but it certainly speaks a lot for those kids. I mean, uh, I've, I've heard, you know, I didn't cover Ananobi or uh, Bryant, but heard nothing but good things about those kids and how they developed and, and turned themselves into great players. And, and Juwan Morgan obviously just took a huge leap, um, you know, toward the back end of his career. You know, becoming something, you know, uh, again, a, a featured all Big Ten level guy, uh, and then taking it on to, you know, just finding ways to stick in the NBA. I mean, didn't play very much, certainly for the Celtics, uh, you know, in that uh, finals run, but was still a part of it, was still uh, enough to be part of the team and, uh, and obviously get an immediate opportunity uh, afterwards. Um, so, you know, it, it was really a heck of a class and it speaks well for everybody involved in it. All right, Dustin Dopirak, he's with the Bloomington Herald Times and he joins us Wednesdays. Thank you, Dustin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right. We'll head to a commercial break. Final segment of the show coming up, and that is Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Local sports on the horizon with Josh, brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. We'll have that next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back to talk local sports with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This segment each week brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. Josh, a little bit of a lull in our high school sports scene as we enter the month of July. Right now it's the dead period, so uh, no activities, no workouts, no practices of any kind going on across the Hoosier State. But next up on tap, Josh, is high school football, and it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, we have to start getting ready for the uh, for the football season and the uh, cross-country season and the uh, Girls' golf season, exactly. I mean, it'll definitely be here before we know it. Uh, I think the girls' golf can have their first match on August 1st or August 2nd. So, I mean, it's we're talking less than a month, and we're going to have uh, high school sports again, which is, you know, which is great. But, this is yeah, this is a nice time just to, just to relax and uh, you know, take it easy, maybe uh, go on vacation with the family, whatever you want, and, uh, <laughs> you know, do that kind of stuff, which, you know, which I did last week, and then I, I get back, and uh, the next morning I test positive for COVID. Oh, so gosh. That's, sorry you know, that's, sorry that's to hear that. For me. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But, yeah, it's 
high school sports are just around the corner and uh, you know uh, we're excited uh, I'm excited for it I'm looking forward to it again do you want to take a, a little bit of a stab that this will be a, our first conversation of high school football for next season and as I think back to last year it was really New Albany that came on strong and in the postseason gave us something that we don't see on a regular basis here in our area and that was a semi-state uh, football team course they took a big loss to cathedral who would go on to win the state championship but that was a big highlight from the calendar uh the football calendar a year ago any expectations for local teams or a front runner that you want to talk about or name here at this part of the summer uh yeah actually i was thinking about that on the way on the way back from uh, florida but it was you know if i i would probably pick out three teams at this point um and they are Floyd Central, just because they were they're really young last year, and they got a they got a lot of experience for their younger kids, and and they'll have a lot of kids coming back, uh, so they should be pretty good. Plus, they're in um, now they're in a new they'll be in a different sectional. It won't be the same as last year, obviously, because Jeff moves out. But um, you know, I, I don't know if they'll be able to challenge for a sectional title, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, Charlestown in three A, I think Charlestown will be pretty good. Uh, the quarterback Clay McClellan got hurt at the end of last year. Uh, but he should be back this year and, and ready to go. And they're in a new uh, sectional alignment too, which which uh, which should be good for them, I believe. Uh, they might they might have a chance to win that one. We'll see. And then in uh, I would say Providence too, since they're dropping down to Class A. You know they're they've they've been in two A for uh, you know as long as I can remember. And uh, so it'll be they should move right into Class A, and you know they they should become you know uh, at least a at least a contender for the sectional title just about every year. So uh, those are the three I thought of right off the bat. Um, you know, obviously there's some other there's some other storylines and stuff. Uh, Robert Lamar back at Clarksville, you know, led the state in rushing last year, so that's another one. I'd like to like to see what he can do again this year. I think he ran for 2,222 yards last year, so we'll see if he can get 2,000 again this year. Uh, but those are some of the big storylines I'm looking at heading into the season. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Uh, wanted to bring up Drew Ellis, former Jeffersonville baseball great. Uh, got an opportunity to be with the Mariners organization. He was immediately sent to their AAA club out in Tacoma, but called back up or called up for the first time, at least in the Mariners organization. He got a chance to be on the roster for, I think, a stretch there, maybe of three or four days, but back with Tacoma now. Yeah, he was up there for a couple of days and and uh, played in a game. Uh, I think he went one for three, so that that was good to see. Um, the, I think they lost that one though, two to one to the Angels, so that was a tough one. But but still, yeah, it's great to see him back up back up there again in the big leagues, and uh, hopefully he'll get another shot uh, as the season goes on. Um, I, I don't know the specifics. I assume somebody got somebody was injured or something. They needed his services uh, uh, that day, but. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll get back up there soon, and uh, you know, get a get an extended chance because he never really had, you know, that that long of a shot up in the big leagues. He he didn't in Arizona, so hopefully he'll get one in Seattle. Josh, as we get ready to begin another school year, it's hard to believe what two and a half, three weeks from now, so many <laughs> of our local school systems will restart for the twenty two twenty three school year. But 
going to be a lot of new faces in the sports world for you and I to interact with and for fans to get to know. Uh, new athletic director Jeff and Larry Owens. I know Christian Academy in New Albany has hired a new AD as well. But on top of that, a number of new coaches. Sharon Wilkerson back in the area to lead the Jeffersonville boys. Corey Norman, his former teammate on the 93 state championship team, will lead the Jeff girls. Greg Walters has taken over at Floyd Central. And there are a number of other changes and additions at other schools and other sports. So uh, kind of a, a, a changing time here as far as getting some new faces involved as we get ready to think about school and high school sports next year yeah a little bit a little bit of the changing of the guard maybe but uh you know you know who's always going to be there matt is is jim shannon he's always going to be there <laughs> on the on the sidelines on the bench uh, i you know i give him at least 20 more years i don't know about you but uh, absolutely he'll, he'll he'll still be there uh He'll still be there when we're when we're old and gray, probably. <laughs> no question. Josh Cook, my guest. Josh, as always, thanks for the chat. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and in the print edition of the uh, News and Tribune as well. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company, and that's going to wrap up our Wednesday program. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join. We'll talk more IU basketball and recruiting as this first evaluation period gets underway and then of course on Friday Kyle Neddenrip joins the program as does Dylan Wallace and uh, some other guests scheduled to be with us this week as well if you missed the live show you can always catch us as a podcast we're available on Apple Podcasts and really wherever you listen to podcasts all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you will find us there have a great Wednesday until tomorrow at 11 a.m. this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison